Well, Hal, you have traded Mark Twain for a senator. Yes, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> you won't it's be. Not just a, it's not, it, oddly enough, it's not such a departure as one might think, even though he loved to make uh, good humorous copy out of the congressman. Congress made some pretty acid remarks about Congress, you know. But the thing I like about it is that playing a senator, you're still dealing with things that are going on. You're still dealing with humanity, with what people do, with problems that are happening in the day, the same way that I deal with them when I do Mark Twain. Hi, this is John Biney. You're listening to TV Confidential. Well, let's hear it for him. Come on, come on out here. Ed Roberts wants a reminder that the next edition of TV Confidential will premiere next week on this station at the usual time. If all goes well, our guests will include actress and director Ellen Geary. We'll join us for that. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us, along with our guest, Mark Dewidziak. Mark Dewidziak, longtime television critic for the Cleveland Plain Dealer and the author or editor of more than 20 books on movies, television, stage, and American pop culture. Mark is here to share a few memories of his dear friend Hal Holbrook. Hal Holbrook, the actor known to three generations for playing Mark Twain, but who was also a very versatile actor who also won five Emmy Awards, not one of them, interestingly enough, for playing Mark Twain. Hal Holbrook passed away earlier this year at the age of 95. Tony, you had a question. Yeah, I said, have you ever considered to doing a one-man show called Hal Holbrook tonight? <laughs> you know, that's interesting. I know you're kidding, but I, what's interesting <laughs> about that is somebody once asked me if I'd ever done Mark Twain for Hal Holbrook. I, I, don't, I don't have the guts to do that. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, we... Again, it, no matter how good an artist you think of, you're not going to show Rembrandt your work. You know, it's just, I couldn't be that boorish. We would discuss interpretation. We would discuss different things about uh, how we did perform Twain, the material we perform. But I never gave him a sample of what I do as Mark Twain. But what I did do is, and you've heard some of this, I would impersonate Hal Holbrook to Hal Holbrook. Because actually, I do a pretty good Hal impression. And I would do lines from certain movies. <laughs> My favorite lines from different things for him. And he got a tremendous kick out of them yeah. because he had such great delivery on certain lines. So I would do him as Deep Throat and follow the money. Um, you, you don't think this all came from the mind of little Donald Segretti, do you? <laughs> I would do his line readings to him, and he just loved him. So I would impersonate Hal to Hal, and it was kind of, a, of an in-joke between us. But I, I would never perform as Twain for him. But we would talk. One of the most interesting conversations we ever had was when you perform as Twain, one of the things you finally kind of get to it's something that Twain wrote about, and you don't understand it really until you experience it, that sometimes the silences are more powerful. When the response from the audience is silence, that sometimes can be more powerful than the laughter. And I never really understood that. Um, because, you know, as a young actor, you want the laughter. Yeah. You know, so when things are going well and the audience is really getting tickled by what you're doing, that's what really feeds you. But over the years, I've built up a, a monologue, about a 15-minute monologue on politics. 
and it is drawn from different Twain writings. It's all Twain. It's 100% Mark Twain, but it's not all one piece. It's, it's taken from various letters, essays, and speeches that he had done, and it's built into one monologue. And it starts out with just kind of broadsides at politicians, and it starts with some very funny material about congressmen and, and Congress, and the audience just eats it up. They just love it. They're just laughing and roaring and, you know, knee slapping and, and, and pounding the floor. And they just love the stuff that goes after the politicians. But then the tone of the piece shifts. And Twain starts to talk about the tyranny of the two political parties and where this has led us and loyalty to office holders and political parties above loyalty to country and where that has led us. And all of a sudden, he's no longer talking about the politicians. He's talking about the American citizenry. He's talking about them. He's talking about their responsibility to preserve democracy. And it's not so funny anymore. All of a sudden, they're on the hot seat. And who's put them there? Mark Twain has put them there. And they get really, really quiet, and it's really, really powerful. And I shared this with Hal, and he said, Jason, the word you're looking for is chastened. (laughs) They're sitting there chagrined because you're talking about them. And they'll take it from Mark Twain. They wouldn't take it from us. (laughs) If we went out there and said the exact same thing, they'd tear us to pieces. But because it's Mark Twain, They'll take it, and they've got to take it from him. Yeah. And I thought, that's right. That's exactly right. And how often talked about how cathartic the show was. You know, he once told me, I think I'd end up in a mental institution if I couldn't do this show, because this show lets me go out and say everything that's on my mind as Mark Twain. And he's absolutely right, because Twain always sounds like he's talking about today. Every time I get through with a show, and if I do the politics number, I always get the question where people will, will say, you know, did you make that up? Did you juice that a little bit to make it sound like he's talking today? I say, no, it's word for word what Twain was talking wow. about what was happening in the 1800s during the height of the Gilded Age. It's word for word Twain. The human animal doesn't change. Human nature doesn't change. Twain understood that. Therefore, an observation made about a politician in 1885 is going to be equally valid in 2021 because it it doesn't change sadly yeah wearily it doesn't change so you know twain always sounds like he's talking talking about right now he's a very relevant writer that way and hal used that to great advantage but hal taught me that lesson you know we were talking about this because he had been doing at the height of the banking scandal he did a piece about the get-rich-quick madness and the point where Americans stopped idolizing democratic ideals and started idolizing the almighty dollar and the pursuit of wealth and the people who have it. It was a very powerful piece. And he, he was said that he got the same thing. You know, they got really, really quiet during this piece because he's talking about them. One of the things that Twain gives you, Twain gives you the great gift of being able to tell people the truth about themselves. And that's a very dangerous profession. That's an incredibly, you know, 
George Bernard Shaw widely acknowledged Mark Twain as his idol and also the person who sort of taught him to do what he did. And when he met Mark Twain, uh, when Twain went to get his Oxford degree in England, Shaw told Twain that he taught him the great lesson of doing what he did. And that is if you are going to tell people the truth about themselves, you better make them laugh or they'll kill you. (laughs) (laughs) That is something that Twain does. Twain over and over again gives us the truth. And sometimes we're laughing and then we have that, hey, wait a minute moment. And we don't even realize he has slipped the lesson in without us even knowing it. And he's talking about us. These were things that that Hal Holbrook taught me. I couldn't get this from a book. I could not get this from some academic. I could not get this from a dusty archive somewhere. I got this from somebody who brought Mark Twain alive. I got this from somebody who brought Mark Twain alive in a way that Mark Twain couldn't be alive in his own lifetime because Mark Twain on paper was a great social critic but he would have never performed these pieces. Uh, You know, Hal gave voice to Mark Twain in the 1960s during a very turbulent era, and he brought Mark Twain alive as 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 a, uh, a very important social critic. And, you know, Twain going into the 60s is kind of this genial, uh, grandfatherly man of letters. You know, he's kind of Will Rogers in a white suit, uh, going into the early 60s. He's a humorist and a family author. And what Hal does is Hal brings to light all of these pieces, which make people see Mark Twain in a different light and say, oh, you know, there's more to this guy than just joking around. This guy's serious. You know, behind all the the laughter, he's serious about this stuff. You know, Hal helped us see Mark Twain. And in doing so, created the greatest role an actor an actor could have. Mark Dwidziak is with us along with Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen. Mark is sharing a few memories of his dear friend Hal Holbrook. Hal Holbrook, the legendary actor who passed away earlier this year at the age of 95. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. These are all the life lessons I got from studying Hal's life and talking to him and the discussions that we had over the years. These were kind of all the things I learned. And it's reached the point where, it's like I said before, I'm not really, I don't even call myself an actor. I'm a writer. Everything I have done has always come off the writing. But, you know, my wife and I started a theater company in 2002, and, you know, I, I do a fair amount of acting, and there's only one thing I do that I feel is really above par, and that's playing Mark Twain. Well, for one thing, I've been doing it for 43 years. If you don't learn something in 43 years, you're definitely doing something wrong. So I've grown in, the, in that part. But I've also grown comfortable in the part, in, in the sense that that white suit, it's awfully comfortable. It fits awfully well. And when I go out to perform as Mark Twain, I can't remember the last time I had the least bit of stage fright or nerves or butterflies very confident in going out and talking to an audience and I've got about, you know, I'm a piker compared to Hal, but I've got about, you know, six or seven hours of material ready to go at any point. So I can switch it up. If I, uh, if I sense that an audience is, is, is gravitating towards a certain type of material, 
I'll do that. I'll shift to that. And I can mold a performance to sort of fit the audience. I can't do that with anything else. So, you know, it's, it's the one thing that I do. And, you know, Hal's got a lot to do with that. <laughs> you know, he first showed us the way, but second, then he showed me the way. And, you know, helped shepherd me to the point where I kind of said, oh, you know, I get it. I get this. And that's another reason for, you know, the, not only the great gratitude to Hal, but I, I never, ever talk about Mark Twain, play Mark Twain, without acknowledging Hal Holbrook and acknowledging, you know, how much he has meant to Twain scholarship in general and to me in particular. Mark Dwidziak, thank you so much for sharing some memories of Hal Holbrook with us. As I've said, you know, the words my pleasure have never meant more. So <laughs> we got about a minute left, enough time to tell you that if you are a fan of character actor Nehemiah Persoff, our friend James Rosen has just published The Many Faces of Nehemiah, Nehemiah Persoff's memoir as an actor on Broadway and on television. The Many Faces of Nehemiah, available classic tvseriesbooks.com, amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. James Rosen will be signing copies of The Many Faces of Nehemiah at this year's Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia Convention, August 19th through August 21st at the Hunt Valley Delta Marriott in Hunt Valley, Maryland, Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia Convention.com. James Moses Black can be seen in SOZ, Soldados O Zombies, now available on Amazon Prime. You can also see him in Lansky, available for streaming on demand on all major streaming platforms, as well as Liza on demand, available for streaming on demand on YouTube. Premium autograph editions of Consider Your Ass Kissed by Rudely. Available at LarryEdmonds.com. Movie book also available at Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com, your local bookseller, as well as wherever books are sold online. For our program this week, folks, Ed Robertson, Baffa Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, Phil Grace, and Greg Airbar. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe. Talk to you next time on TV Confidential. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.